The Rebel Stakes Day edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by GameTime, your home for the lowest-priced, last-minute tickets. Download the GameTime app today and use promo code SGPN for $20 off. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up today using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash dog to enter our bonus contest. Five winners will receive shirts, hats, and a $50 SGPN gift card. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And folks, as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I got my Cuban links yes, on. Yes, Cuban B. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. I got ice all over my body looking like a snowman. Big rocks in the grill, dancing like a slow jam. My chain's so heavy, I'm walking like an old man. Try me, you. Welcome to the show. It's It's been a while. I'm back. Uh, you know, it, it's one of the high holidays, uh, so I couldn't leave anyone at, you know, hanging here. Uh, speaking of backs, mine's fucked. That's how, how things are going in my world. Uh, but someone who always just uplifts me, um, he's kind of like this clip. In my heart, he's like this clip. This is how much I love him. I broke my back. What do you mean by that? You broke back is broken. What uh, a vertebrae or, or well, what portion? Spinal. Yes, I I love this man as much as I love that sound drop. Uh, you might know him from what he's done. Talking horses. Now he's all over Naira Betts. Their online con. He failed to menace, but he succeeded to steal America's heart. If you like pina coladas. Had had to let the whole thing play through for that, ladies and gentlemen. Matthew DeSantis, what's up, buddy? Hey, doing well. Glad to be here. Glad that I can uplift your spirits. I'm so sorry to hear about the medical maladies, but listen, there's no time for you to be on the bench. You, you know, this is like you said, a high holiday. We got to get you off the layoff. D Wayne would be running you in an allowance race. You know, it, it's let's get rolling here uh, for Rebel Weekend at Oaklawn, but. It's good to see you back, man, and uh, it is a lot of great racing going on, and, you know, the derby picture is starting to heat up, and we got racing overseas, and uh, a lot of lot of excitement here going on coming up this weekend, and, and really from now through the Triple Crown run. Yeah, that's it. We're pretty much on the home stretch now where it's going to be one major prep after one major prep every single weekend. There's always going to be something of consequence to talk about. Uh, hell, we, I've mentioned, you know, I know you and I have talked about this and I've also mentioned on the show before, um, you have the Bob vengeance tour where he's out there to just steal Kentucky Derby points, which once again, big shout out, Bob Baffert, you're the goat of giving me shit to talk about. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good, but let me, let me, I'm going to complain about my, myself, um, for a little bit here. Yes. So guys, I had to take a little time off because of the back. And when I say the back, it's the the back is where like the the issue 
years, but like it's pain in like my hips and down in my legs and making my feet go numb and, and things like that, that, uh, that really kind of grind my gears, steam my clams as it were. And, uh, yeah, so I had a lot of that going. I've been laying just flat on my back on a, on a uh, heating pad or where I've been getting, getting injections all up in it. So I say, sorry to be gone so long, but daddy was hurting and boy, howdy is daddy well medicated now. Uh, since I can't physically be at the Rebel Stakes, I actually got to premiere my my Rebel Stakes brim uh, for for Matthew today with the my 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 beautiful Burgundy Fedora with the the Cuban link chain on it. Matthew, you're I mean, you're a hat connoisseur. What do you get that hat? It, it was glorious. I mean, I because I even stopped you while you were showing. I go, is that a Cuban link chain on the fedora? And yes, indeed, it was. Bet your sweet uh, it, it was. was. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> was. You know, it's fantastic because it is that red that you associate with University of Arkansas. Uh, and so it is location appropriate. And it is as well in terms of the Cuban Lake, the, the, the ice, the bling, uh, but the class as well. And so it is glorious. I feel honored, quite frankly, that I got to see it. I'm sorry this is not a visual medium. Because I feel like you've deprived some of America from being able to see that. Picks to follow. Picks to follow on social, I'm sure. Picks to follow on social. It's kind (laughs) of like the Pharrell Smokey the Bear hat mixed with something that like Questlove would wear way better than I can. Yes, that makes sense. Uh, Yeah. Right. I could see that. Uh, And yeah, there are certain people. So I'm going to tell you a very funny aside uh, about my friend Scooter. Uh, and why he got very mad. I know you spent time in the South at any point in your life, by the way. We all, we all got, dang old man, we all got a friend named Scooter. God damn. <clears throat> yeah. So my scooter is from South Carolina and is about 130 pounds soaking wet. And uh, so Scooter and I are out, and this is like 20 years ago almost. We're in downtown Greenville. It's over his lunch break. Like he just got out, like we just graduated college a couple years earlier and we're just walking around downtown. We go into this like general store and there's like an Indiana Jones style fedora. And I, it, there's like a whole hat section. And I just start putting hats on. And I have a larger than average head. And so a lot of times hats look good on people with big heads because especially a hat with a brim, because the brim doesn't overwhelm your head if you have a big ass head like I do. And so I put on a fedora. And Scooter goes, huh, that looks really good on you. And then he puts on the same fedora and he looks like a child playing dress up. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, like, like bobbly on his head and everything. Right. Cause he's the opposite of me. He's super tiny and skinny and he's got a tiny head and trying on more and more fedoras. And he kept getting more and more upset with me that they kept looking good on me. And so he just was mad his entire lunch break. And he will still text me about this every six months. And he's like, do you remember the time I got mad at you for looking good in a fedora? I was like, I do remember that. And then we reminisce about that moment. So it's fun times. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's because I got this big ass. It's how I got this good voice too. Big ass sonorous head. That's how, that's how it works. (laughs) So yeah, it's unfortunate because of my, my ailments won't be able to, to debut the fit down at, uh, down at Oakland. But, uh, I am honored to have Matthew, uh, who, who is, uh, 
I think at this point, still number one uh, in terms of guest appearances with, with Sarah L. Bodway, definitely closing in, definitely shrinking that margin. Uh, so uh, always good to have him, him here. If I can't show out for the rest of the world, I would gladly show out with Matthew. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, as we've already uh, talked about ad nauseum, it's the Rebel Stakes Day at Oaklawn, and we're going to take a look back at the late pick five, which also encompasses an all-stakes pick four in there. So there are a couple ways you can play this wager. Uh, starts with race eight, uh, the carousel stakes. Post time's going to be 435 Eastern, 335 God's time, and 135 out on the specific coast. Uh, and it's got an all-stakes pick four that starts in race eight, the carousel, the honeybee, the razorback, and the main entree, the grade two rebel stakes uh let's go ahead let's jump in let's let's take a look at race eight the six furlong hundred fifty thousand dollar carousel i i thought this looks like a pretty comp you know competitive race where a couple horses with boxcar odds had a chance to upset some very heavily favored horses here uh there seems to be plenty of value here to kick off the pick four and pick five sequence and if i i whiff here then there's a bailout pick five that starts in a, a you know a bailout pick four that starts in race nine anyway so uh, there we go. That's what, that's why God always made bailout pick fours. Uh, Matthew, what'd you think of this? Race? Yeah, I think it's an interesting race as well. And, and before we get into it, I just want to also mention, we also have a cross country pick five. That is an all stakes oh. cross country pick five this weekend with the Haynes field mixed in at aqueduct. In addition to the four stakes races at Oaklawn. So if you want to play a little cross country, all stakes pick five, you can do that as well. Um, now, as it relates to the carousel, like you, I thought this was a pretty evenly matched race. I think there are legitimate questions over the two favorites, uh, the number seven Mucho Macho Girl and the number eight Zitlos. If you made me choose between the two, I would choose Zitlos, I think, as the stronger uh, contender in this spot. Uh, this is a horse that's been pretty consistent since breaking her maiden and turning in some solid performances, has not really missed the, the exacta, quite frankly, in her last four races and outside of her debut, uh, where she lost the jockey, has not finished outside of the money either. So she's very honest. Uh, second back from a little bit of a layoff, catches a dry track. So, uh, you know, for Steve Asmussen, seven to five is a super short price. But I agree with you that, uh, you know, even if she is your top choice, I think she's a tepid top choice. Uh, and, you know, the horse that I keep coming back to in this race is the number one, um, Adeline Julia. And I, I, I just keep coming back to this horse for a couple of reasons. One is, is a Diodoro horse. And I am a sucker for that. Uh, and, you know, it's got Christian Torres aboard. The horse has good speed, but doesn't need to be on the lead. And from the inside rail is going to probably use a lot of that tactical speed to get out and be well positioned. But if you go back and look, this horse has been going long or catching a wet surface the last three times out. You go back and look at some of the races this horse had sprinting on a dry, fast track. There were some solid efforts there. Yes, they were tracks like Lone Star and Prairie Meadows, but also one, you know, pretty big optional claimer at Churchill Downs and has had success at Oaklawn. So that's one at 10 to 1 that I thought was a little bit interesting. And then I think on the far outside, I'm the boss of me for Greg Compton. That's another one that's a little bit interesting as well. That's more of a horse I would use underneath, but at 10 to 1, I think could really enrich your 
vertical exotics because this is a horse that kind of has shown the propensity to kind of run in place, doesn't really pass a lot of horses, but kind of will if you know, the horse sits second or third, kind of finishes second or third, uh, and has good speed from that outside gate and should be well positioned to hit the board late. All right, I've, I've already off the bat hate that this is happening because the last time you were here and we agreed a bunch, uh, the good news is you had three winners on the card. The bad news, it was not in any of the three races that we agreed upon. <laughs> but we we agree upon this race. Uh, my top pick was the one, Adeline Julia, and then outside I was looking at, I'm the boss of me. You pretty much covered, covered those two horses. I did throw in one more, and when I said boxcar odds, I meant literal boxcar odds, the 30-to-1 shot. Uh, the number four backyard money, a uh, five-year-old mare and a five-year-old mare that is lightly raced for D Wayne Lucas standards, because this horse has only ran 12 times in her career. Uh, you would think, okay, five-year-old mare, this horse would have run 125 races under, under uh, D Wayne, but that's, that's not the case. This one's been, uh, they've been kind of choosy with, uh, she's got three wins and 12 starts, including a gate to wire and a conditional allowance. Uh, two back here over the local track. If you throw out the wet track figures where the horse laid an egg, then it's a more than competitive figure wise. And I mean, this pace shouldn't get out of control. If it sets up for a horse that could possibly get it with the wire job and the massive morning line price, I think you got to try to get this one on your ticket. Um, and that's the four backyard money, 30 to one uh, for the coach Dwayne Lucas. I, you know, I thought it's interesting. I thought the, the horse that I may be most interested in watching in this race, just to see where she is and whether she is kind of toast now, is Sarah Harper, the number five, who's also thirty to one. She's she came off a long layoff and caught a sealed track and ran really poorly. You know, showed that traditional speed that she typically has and then faded badly. Um, Maybe she's kind of lost it for this level and maybe she needs to be dropped down or, or maybe retired or something like that. Um, but she's one who I wouldn't be shocked if she ran a much better race this time out. Uh, and again, big odds at 30 to one. Uh, you, you could maybe convince me to use that horse underneath in some capacity, thinking maybe there's a bounce back because she she's traditionally run pretty honestly at Oakland and run pretty well in these types of spots. I'll tell you what, looking at the thoroughgraphs, which I tend to do whenever, you know, you have big weekends, whenever it's the high holiday weekends. Um, if you believe the thoroughgraphs, then Mucho Macho Gal uh, is going to just tower over this field uh, along with Zeitlos, um, which I, I just I didn't see it. I, I didn't see it looking at it from a, uh, you know, from a. Uh, uh, either a game theory perspective of do I want those horses on my ticket earlier? No, not whether I have so many fallbacks with different, with another bailout pick four. I can also get yeah. a little bit of variety if I'm playing the all stakes pick four or the cross country pick four, pick five, things like that, where I can write, maybe, you know, use my opinions, but use them on multiple tickets across those three different platforms. Speaking yeah. of platforms, got to get a word in from our friends at game time. Game time. Listen, you don't have to be stressed about buying tickets anymore. Not with game time. Look, listen, Matthew's got a, a pretty girlfriend that he likes to take places. I bet you he likes to procrastinate buying tickets. It happens, dude. It happens to all of us. Well, with the game time app, Matthew doesn't have to stress because he can find tickets for sporting events, for concerts, for playoff games, for, for co comedy, anything. On the game time app, he can take his special lady friend out for a lovely night and not have to stress about 
snagging the tickets because he went ahead and he snagged the tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're also brought to you, as always, by Underdog Fantasy. As a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy uh, fantasy players all season long in a NBA, NHL, and college basketball. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win 100x with some spicy plays. My my favorite underdog pick them for today's show. Like, like I always say, take it to the lower level. Always go low. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website. Underdog Fantasy. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And give me, I got to get a little rehydration interlude in. If you had a second line and them boys got to done, you better run for it, run for it, run. If it's too deep, it's them boys by the time you better run for it, run for it, run. All right, race nine. This is the race I'm actually most interested in uh, on this card, to be to be honest with you. Eight and a half furlongs, $400,000 grade three honeybee stakes. Um, I'm calling my shot here and saying that this pace gets epically hot early uh, and there's possibly some team tactics at play here. What, what did you think of this race? I was going to let you take the first swing because this is another Paul Rudd situation, but you put that idea in my head a little bit when we were texting ahead of time. And I kind of landed on a horse that I know you're very high on as well. And I didn't want to take that shine away from you. So maybe you want to take the lead on this one and talk a little bit about it. I can do that. So I, I also think that there's going to be some some team tactics at play here. I, I think that there's going to be a, a horse that, uh, you know, somewhat goes out, rabbits, helps works, run as a team to spring and upset. Um I think that I think the team is the way to go here. Take, I'm taking the rabbit and the hound in this case. Uh, maybe I can get home with a, one of the two bigger prices and another heavy, heavy favorite beat on the card with with one of these two. And uh, they're going to be the three honored cat at 15 to one. Uh, so this one, Rob Tino Diodoro owned by uh, John Holloman, friend of the show. Uh, and then you have the 10 midshipmen's dance at 10 to one. Also, Robertino Diodoro, also John Holloman. The idea is that is I think the honor cat is going to you know run its eyeballs out early, and if it doesn't hit the stretch on the lead, then something didn't go quite to plan. Uh, if the track is juiced for a Kentucky Derby prep day stakes, then who's to say honor cat can't burn it out on the front end and run everyone off their feet in the honeybee? Uh, my top pick though is the ten midshipman's dance. This one has never done anything wrong, and it, it's got the benefit of a stablemate honor cat rabbiting in front of it for this field, and. Uh, that's exactly what midshipman's dance will need to win honest fractions. Uh, but the honest fractions might be a foregone conclusion. Thanks to honor cat. Uh, I, I love this horse. I think she's going to handle two turns just fine. Uh, I think the pedigree should be, should be great for it. Uh, and at these prices, listen, I only thought that there were three horses that were good enough to win this race. It was honor cat midshipman's dance and, and West Omaha. Wouldn't you rather take that shot against West Omaha? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I started looking at this and, and you had mentioned to me that you liked the 10 a little bit when we were texting beforehand, uh, you know, before I started handicapping this race. And I just I had that in the back of my mind. I thought, oh, OK, I'll, I'll take a kind of a second look at that horse. And I think that even if you even if you hadn't told me that she's a horse that's interesting because the pedigree would say she can stretch out. 
and she's a stakes winner. So she's run against good caliber horses, two for two, broke her maiden, then goes and immediately wins the Mockingbird. What's interesting is that while she's sat kind of mid-pack-ish, uh, those two races, she's still a sprinter. So she's still got better speed than a lot of these horses that are routers. And, and so she could, she's got a lot of options is what I'm saying is she could sit more of a tracking trip. She could sit, you know, two or three lengths off the pace rather than five or six lengths off the pace. She doesn't need the pace to necessarily melt down in order for her to get home. It's not like a red route one or a wet paint sort of situation that we saw last year uh, at Oaklawn. So <clears throat> I think that she's, she makes a ton of sense and at 12, I don't know if you'll get 12 to one, but man, that horse makes a ton of sense. I think at 12 to one um, of the two, again, this is kind of, same song, second verse, you have two very short-priced favorites in Band of Gold and West Omaha. Again, like you, if you said, Matthew, choose between those, I'm, I'm going to take West Omaha every day uh, between those two. Band of Gold ran a huge number on a wet, sloppy track. And quite frankly, I'm going to need to see that backed up uh, because you don't go from 26 to 1 to 2 to 1 and then just have me throw money that way. Uh, you know, that, that just feels like a regression if I've ever seen it. So West Omaha is at least a very consistent horse, uh, for Brad Cox and, you know, really doesn't run bad races and, you know, has run low to mid 80 buyer speed figures the last three times out. The only loss was to Alpine Princess, who's a nice filly as well. Uh, so, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. Cox scratched her out of this race or out of the Rachel Alexandra last week to move her up here. I think that makes, uh, again, a lot of sense uh, for why he would do that because he had two other horses in that race. So uh, split them up a little bit and, and try to get a couple of horses to the Oaks. And uh, so I think she, I thought she made sense. Uh, and then the other horse that I do like a little bit, and I know she perked up a little on the sloppy track. And I don't know if she perked up as much as she just kind of kept progressing as Neon Beach, uh, the number four, eight to one. Uh, that's a horse that I'm a little interested in for Steve Asmussen with Tyler Gaffney board. Uh, horses kind of run third in two stakes races the last two times out, uh, has handled different going, uh, has good tactical speed, but again, does not need the lead. And, uh, you know, I think at a price can be a little bit interesting, uh, and, you know, finish third in that Martha Washington behind band of gold. And then the overwhelming favorite that day, Denim and Pearls. Uh, so it was kind of right there with the favorite in that race. And I think Denim and Pearls went off at even money that day. So, I mean, you know, definitely outran uh, her seven to one odds that day and is eight to one on the morning line here. And then I think uh, another horse that I should just mention is an X factor in this race is the number one, Allie's Beach, uh, who is a who is a pretty nice horse as a two year old, pretty nice juvenile uh, and ran some pretty good races. I thought ran a really good Alcibiades actually before fading late. And, you know, beat a horse like Life Talk in debut and, you know, has been training lights out for Tom Amos. Now it's coming off a really long layoff, hasn't run since the beginning of October. Uh, so she's one that I'll be interested in, you know, hearing from, you know, the folks that are on the track, you know, Crystal Conning and some of the other folks there at Oaklawn. I'll be interested to see, has she, has she built up? Has she matured? Has she filled out? Has she gotten bigger? Because um, those are things that can maybe give you an indication of if she's capable of running a big race uh, at, a, at a good price, a 10 to 1 on the morning line uh, as well. But I, I saw it as kind of a 10 in the 6 as my top two choices in here. And I, I 
thought that it just kind of set up nicely for the both of them coming from off the pace. Yeah, pretty pretty much exactly the same. The only reason I lean towards Honor Cat is I can just see a day where they've got this thing scraped down for speed. Uh, horses that are on the front all of a sudden dig, keep digging in in the stretch, keep finding, uh, you know, yep. especially you're maybe like a hot rail or something. So that's why I thought Honor Cat was a must play. But we were right there in lockstep with Midshipman's Dance. Well, you can hear my beagle trying to get several words in, but while she's doing that, I'm going to try to get a couple words in from the good nerds at our friend with our friends at Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NBA season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching the Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app and visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. And let me get a little rehydration interlude in. Bet! Hit me with the horse, man! Y'all ready? Let's go! Oh, let's jump into the Razorback handicap. Race 10, eight and a half furlongs, six hundred thousand dollars. A grade three. Um I, God. This is my ticket gets ugly. And I feel a little bit gross with my ticket. If any ticket police are listening, they're gonna have a field day with this leg of my ticket here because there are three horses here I think have a chance to win, and they just happen to be like the top three choices on the board. Yeah, so I couldn't get, put myself in a position where I could toss one or even toss two in single. I thought you had to have all three, but I'm relying on the fact that this is a, you know, a thick field. This field got a got a slim waist and a big old booty, you know, like I, I'm relying on that to keep these prices kind of fair. What'd you think of this race? I thought it was a really interesting race. And and I, so this is one area where I think we might disagree a little bit. I, I do like a couple of horses that are in shorter price, but I actually thought this is one where I could get past the favorite, uh, Band of Gold, uh, who is coming off a seven-month layoff after running last in the Cornhusker. And this is a horse that traditionally has not run well off the bench uh, and typically needs a race to kind of get back into form. And so I thought at 7-2 to two for a trainer who's over 15 at Oakland so far this year, I thought we might be able to get past that. Now, I, I do think a horse like the number eight, Magic Tap, uh, does make a lot of sense for Steve Asmussen uh, at nine to two, a horse that is, you know, pretty honest. I mean, this is a horse that really like runs like a metronome. I mean, really has run between a 92 and a 96 buyer in the in her, uh, the last six races, um, winning three of those. And, you know, second back from a little bit of a layoff, stepping back up in a stakes company after running at the Pennsylvania Derby uh, and running a decent fourth that day in absolutely horrendous conditions. Uh, and so, uh, you know, this horse that I think, you know, will have the right sort of tracking trip, you know, a horse like Octane is a horse I like, but man, I, I just don't know if this horse wants to get a mile on a 16th. I think this horse is best at a mile. Uh, and I also question whether or not this horse is really good against open company, uh, noting that the last two, stakes wins were against restricted Florida bread company. Um, and so as a result, I kind of, I, I'm using magic tap, but I'm also using 
a couple of other, other prices. One of them is the number 11 Notary, a horse that I really liked last weekend in the mineshaft, scratched out of that race to come race here instead. And quite frankly, this is just a horse that has found new form under Armando Hernandez. Uh, and, you know, there's no kind of two, two ways about that. Uh, this horse has stepped up in class and has started running significantly better. And this is definitely going to be a class test. But this is a horse that also won a, kind of a low-level listed stakes race uh, back at Hawthorne in the summer and has run really nicely over uh, an off-track the last two times out at Oaklawn, but it's traditionally handled dry fast tracks better. So it's a horse that could continue to take a step forward. We'll have that similar tracking trip to Magic Tap, and the buyer speed figures are not that far off. Uh, so that's a horse that I really like in this spot. And... You know, then I think underneath you have to look at a horse maybe like Escapologist uh, as a horse that always kind of makes his run late, depending on what the pace scenario is going to be. Uh, and then the only other one that I, I'll mention is in a horse that I sometimes have a hard time judging is a horse like Seize the Night uh, on the inside rail for Eddie Milligan Jr. And that's one that I just, you know, just finished second in the fifth season last time out. And I just I, I can never really get a good sense for this horse and whether or not uh, – he's going to turn in a good performance. So I'll probably go a little bit skinnier in this uh, leg, actually. And I'll probably just use magic tap and notary and try to get through on that. So I, we're both, we, I mean, we agree with magic tap here. Uh, also, I think anytime you can tell there's uh there's some urgency to it whenever Steve kicks his kid off of, off of any mounts. So <laughs> I was, I wasn't going to say that, but yes, that's very notable. <laughs> fly, flies in Tyler Gaffleone. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you on Magic Tap. I, I did use the one seize the night. I actually had this as my top pick in the race. I mean, I should get you know a great ground saving trip here behind a bunch of speed. If the rail is good and is moving runners forward, then seize the night. Then could get a dream trip here. Uh, kind of like the one that uh, what's his name, uh, Mystic Dan uh, got in the uh, in the Southwest. Uh, just met, missed last out uh, to Promise Keeper in the fifth season. Gets Christian Torres up for the Razorback here, and I also think that this one could take a step forward for Eddie Milligan with the second start in his barn uh, because that last performance for Seize the Night, uh, the really strong run in the uh, the fifth season over the Sloppy Mile, was the first start for Eddie Milligan. So if he's anything at moving horses forward, then this one's really got a chance. On the third graphs, uh, they liked three horses. Well, uh, I used two of them. Uh, one of them was Seize the Night. The other one was the four Ain't Life Grand. Well, I think you referred uh referred to by a different name but i know who you were talking about you were talking about the four eight life grand here oh yes sorry no it was grand band of gold eight life grand it's i could totally uh, stuck in the last race sorry about that <laughs> it's okay it's okay that was that's that was just a catty bitchy thing for me to do there to call you out like that what is wrong with me matthew god it's the it's the drugs the drugs are tearing us apart uh, <laughs> So with, with eight life grand, uh, yeah, I, I mean, five-year-old horse is capable of throwing out big figures and it's one off of a long layoff at, at Oakland park for Kelly Von Hemmel before. Um, I think the last out effort in the corn Husker Prairie Meadows is in this race. And, uh, you know, it had to start way out in the parking lot. You know, it's going an extra half furlong, uh, sorry. You know, it was going an extra half, and the second place finisher in that race came back to win next out. Uh, I, I think ain't life green will say, you know, a good mid pack stocking trip and that there's too much pace to sustain here in this race. I, when I did my, my pace pressure gauge, I had this as a, a staunch 45, uh, 45 by five here. 
which was this whole process thing I used to do with the Kieran Speed figures I'm trying to get back to. All right. Moving on, race 11, the big one. Eight and a half furlongs, $1.25 million. Don't know why this isn't a grade one. The grade two Rebel Stakes. Uh, also means it's kind of winding down a little bit, the old Oaklawn meet, uh, because it's one of the two signature races for Oaklawn Park. And Oaklawn Derby players will kind of emerge on the scene with who runs well here in the Rebel Stakes. Will we have another American Pharaoh in this field? No, probably not. No, no. But we can Or try. another confidence game. Or another confidence game. Hell, <laughs> I'd take another Curlin. Why not? Um, but the pace for this Rebel looks to be smoking hot with pace. Pre- you know, my pace pressure gauge had this is at 55 by 7, which is insanely fast. Uh, Carbone's tactics were chosen for him when he drew, drew the rail. And that horse yep. is going to be forced to go. And it did not take kindly to running off the pace last out. So if they beat carbone to the rail who knows he might not carbone out there uh i've tried to find my damnedest but i can't i can't find a a, you know somewhere to to make you know tin foil hat this thing and the race i think might actually be as simple as we're thinking and i I tell you for me um yes i'm I'm saying i want to mingle you want to mingle yeah are you equally as confident in a horse in this race? Yeah, I am. I, I for me, it's the number seven Timberlake. Uh, this is the favorite in the race, and I think you know we've done enough work to try to fade some favorites in some of the early legs. So I think embracing one here is not a bad thing. Uh, it's also worth noting that as much as there is chaos at Oakland, you know, one of the things I track for Naira Betts with track stats is looking at how favorites perform at different tracks. At Oaklawn, 31% of favorites win races, which is by far and away the lowest of the five tracks that I cover. However, about 40% of stakes favorites win at Oaklawn. So when you get to the biggest races, it can be a little bit more formful, and especially when you catch a dry, fast track in good conditions. So, you know, sometimes we I think we try to overthink things or we try to find chaos at Oaklawn because we know it produces all those big, you know, money winners, and they do. But a lot of times they're in the allowance races, the optional claiming races, the claiming races, the maiden races, et cetera. Uh, and really, especially on a dry, fast track, you may not always, you know, you see a little bit more formful results in some of those big races. Now, that said, you know, I mentioned to you before we started recording, this feels a little bit like the Pegasus, where we all started overthinking it and all started fading, self-included, national treasure. And then we look back on it. We said, oh, well, the only grade one winner won the grade one race. Geez, funny how that works out all the time. Um, and, you know, with Timberlake, it's like, geez, there's a grade one winner here. Geez, not and no other horse has even won a graded stakes race. Like, right. what are we trying to overthink here with this horse? So, you know, he's shown the ability to sit off the pace, to your point. Going to have a lot of speed. He's a horse that doesn't need the lead can easily sit in a more of a mid-pack tracking position and make his move late. The race that really impressed me with him was not a race he won, actually, uh, but was the hopeful and a race he lost because he had to get in really tight at one point. And he shot through this really tiny gap in the stretch uh, to try to make his run. And I thought that was a really telling move for a two-year-old to be able to make. And it wasn't the winning move, ultimately, uh, because Natalofella kind of came from the clouds to win that. But it was 
one that showed a level of mental maturity that the horse had that quite frankly, a lot of two-year-olds and even three-year-olds uh, don't necessarily possess. So he's been training phenomenal. Everybody who's on site at Oaklawn says he looks great. Uh, you know, Cox, his horses always tend to look really yeah. good and they perform just, pretty well. So yeah. just saw a video that Matt Dinnerman posted of him just schooling in the, the grass in the uh, infield at, at Oaklawn and he just looks spry and ready to go. Yeah. It's just like, you know, when you see a boxer come to the way in and it's just like that guy's going to whoop somebody's that fucking ass. <laughs> That's that's kind of kind of the vibe that that I got. Like like I said, this is a high holiday. Therefore, I do like looking at the thoroughgraphs, and it sure looks like Timberlake is gonna make some future sex love sounds because uh, I think that it can possibly pair its last effort in the B, in the BC Juvenile, and if it does that, it will run away with this race because it's head and shoulders one of the best thoroughgraph figures just on the day, the entire day of racing. Uh, the pace fits too well, and I think that Timberlake might run into a fair track where he'll be able to make up slate. Uh, and speaking of thoroughgraphs, Brad Cox is 49% with this thorough pattern to pair the last performance. Uh, and like, like I said, that last performance on thoroughgraph figures is head and shoulders above everyone else in this race. Uh, there are some horses that I like here. Like I, I'll tell you, if I, gun to my head, had to play a ice-cold exacta here, it would be Timberlake over over just steel. And if I could get anything north of 10 to 1 on it, and I'm I hammer it. I'd put a hundred on it. Ice cold. So it's funny. I just steel is a horse that I've really undersold the last couple of times because I there's a lot in that pedigree would suggest that horse is just a sprinter. And I really didn't think D Wayne stretching this horse out to two turns was the best thing and had a wide post and this horse is gonna need the lead. And Son of a gun, the horse has proven to be able to rate pretty effectively. And, um, you know, I think it's been a much better horse than I thought that he would end up being at this level. He does strike me as a horse that would finish underneath, to your point about hitting an exacta uh, in that spot. I, I think the horse that I am cautiously optimistic about is one of the other Asmussen horses. You mentioned Carbone uh, to start, but Dymatic uh, uh, at eight to one, who's a gun runner. Uh, out of a tap at mare drawing inside of Timberlake in the sixth position and another horse who should get the right sort of trip uh, in terms of a setup, a lot of speed up front. This horse likes to come from off the pace. Uh, will need to get faster for sure. Does get blinkers added, but I don't know how much that is to inject this horse with too much more speed considering Steve has Carbone on the inside. So he doesn't want to have a replication of what happened in uh, the last race when Carbone faded uh, pretty heavily when not being able to get to the lead. So that's one I think is interesting, but, and there's always a, but uh, we have seen some of these types of horses like Dymatic not fire in Derby races recently, Derby preps. I'm thinking last week of hall of fame, another Asmussen horse coming off a big maiden win who didn't really fire thinking back two weeks ago, a horse like change of command for Shug McGahee, who was coming off, you know, a, a maiden win and then an allowance win and was really stepping up and, was complete non-factor in that Sam F. Davis, which came back as a really slow race. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm cautious. You're getting eight to one on the morning line. We'll see what we end up getting uh, come post time. But uh, that was one that I just at least wanted to mention uh, to the listeners. So while I'm singled on my ticket, the other horse that I thought was actually really interesting was the, and it's not an also eligible. It's in the field, the full field of 13, the 13 time for truth yeah, for Ron Moquette. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I thought that 
if there was any horse that because essentially I, I will be betting on back class and back form with with uh, uh, Timberlake here. But if I'm going to be betting on speculation that someone could like maybe move forward and do something freaky, the 13 time for truth at 15 to one. Look no further than your your wise guy horse for the for the rebel stakes here. What, what did you think the same about this horse? I, I like this horse quite a bit. Uh, and I, I thought, man, if this horse, and I even, I, I did a full field analysis for Naira Betts, where I just kind of talked about each horse. And I even mentioned, I go, if this horse hadn't drawn position 13, I probably would try to use this horse to maybe beat Timberlake. Because, but it's just like, man, you're parked out. You mentioned earlier, like you're out in the parking lot. Like this is not a great post position for a horse that is stretching out on short rest too. There's a horse that's coming back on two weeks rest basically. And now is going to be going out to a mile and a 16th after only sprinting at six furlongs, but this horse is good. Uh, and uh, you know, maybe this horse surprises and, you know, Omaha beaches have been able to get the, you know, two turns, uh, you know, the underneath pedigree is a little mixed, but you know, you should get, be able to get two turns there. Uh, there's nothing that's disqualifying about it. And, yeah, that's an interesting one for sure, I, I thought, and and one that I enjoyed looking at and kind of diving into a little bit more. Yeah, looking at Lee, uh, you know, came out, was by looking at Lucky, so I, yeah. I that gives looking at Lucky uh, OG status for me, because looking at Lee is one of my all-time all-time favorites for sneaking up the rail, hitting that exacta for me in the Derby. You the real MVP it. looking at Lee. I love it. And I, I'll, the other horse that I'll just say is that, which is at a huge price, uh, and I think is interesting is the number three common defense uh at 30 to one this horse is going to have to get faster no two ways about it um and you know ken mcpeak has the number two horse in here northern flame i actually prefer the the three uh 30 the 30 to one horse that he also has common defense to uh northern flame and so i this is a horse that again you and i saw this pace scenario the same that this is going to be really fast up front and this is a horse that likes to come from off the pace. And this is a horse I, listen, do I think this horse is going to win? Probably not. But do I think this horse could pick up pieces and hit the board and finish third? Absolutely. Uh, you know, could this horse be a part of your trifecta, superfecta? Yeah, probably. Uh, so that was one that I was just kind of interested in from a pace scenario. Thought it might set up well. Uh, and I think, you know, fair to give a second crack at after catching that muddy track in the Southwest States. I'm not sure if this is the other Steve Asmussen or the other, other, other Steve Asmussen, but I, I'm actually, I'll throw out another name for like a superfecta trifecta rounder yep. outer. His, is his, the what he put his kid on the nine yep. uh, Ligonos at 20 to yep. one. I, I could easily see that horse getting a piece too. That was, that was my, that's funny. That's actually my fourth pick uh, was Ligonos as well. Uh, I like that. I, I thought the same thing as you. Uh, I was like, oh, oh, Steve's giving his kid a halfway decent horse. That's good. All right, here we go. On to race 12. That's right. The last leg, the leg where we hope to win the sword of wealth, where we can talk to the help like this. Hey, 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 don't rub on that. You blocked that. You understand? That's alpaca. That's $25,000 alpaca. You blocked that shit. You don't rub on Put the club soda on there. We're talking the blot my alpaca, the get the club soda on my alpaca rug money. Uh, and I'm going to lean into the old crazy shit always happens in the last race angle here. Um, there's an even money favorite. I'm going to admit from the ticket. I have no interest in putting an even money favorite on the last leg of this ticket. 
with in a $120,000 maiden special weight with horses going two turns for the first time. Are you kidding me? I don't want any part of the even money here. Uh, I'm going to use some of my, uh, you know, dirty little pig boy angles. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch, baby. Mistress gets the stand on. And I'll focus on in on early speed or horses coming off of, you know, the quick, slow workout patterns or, or just uh, decent works coming into it. Matthew, uh, I, I assume this was a spread place for you as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I will say it's noteworthy that the Cox horse, that is the even money favorite, is Cox is making a change. Uh, and he's not going with Martin Twan, who he's been using for most of the Oakland meet. He's going with Christian Torres. And, you know, it, it's made sense for him to go with Torres and some of the other spots because some of the jockeys that are traditionally on those horses are riding over in Saudi Arabia for the Saudi Cup. Uh, so Joel Rosario, Luis Saez, people like that are not available. Um, and so it makes sense for him. And, and obviously we talked about, you know, uh, Asmus and flying Gaffleone in for the weekend and things like that. So there, there's a little bit of jockey musical chairs, but this is not one of those. This is a very, I think, deliberate decision by Brad Cox to move away from Martin Twan, who is one for six riding Brad Cox favorites in maiden races, this Oaklawn meet. Uh, and so he's been on some horses that have gotten bet down to even money and below even money and not come through much at all. And I don't know how much of that is jockey. I don't know how much of that is horse. I think it's telling that he now is moving to Christian Torres, who I think is a much stronger jockey. Um, that said, like you, I, I also generally see chaos in the last race, (laughs) um, at Oaklawn. And so I'm going to go with a couple of different horses. I will include the number two. Give me a reason uh, in this particular spot uh, for Steve Asmussen with Tyler aboard. Uh, horses getting back on a tri fast track and, you know, was second to a runaway winner, Knightsbridge, who was super, super impressive uh, in that last race uh, or in, in that maiden race, I should say. It's getting lay six for the first time now. Uh, so that's one who I think is a little bit interesting. I actually think the other Asmussen that his son is on. Uh, Sitka is also kind of an interesting horse as well, could take a step forward. Um, and then the other horse that I'll take a, a really kind of a little shot at, I think, is uh, the Bobby Medina horse, uh, Yell Country at 30 to 1. This is a horse that's coming off uh, a little bit of a layoff, getting gelding, recent gelding, Lasix for the first time, decent speed figures. Um, you know, with the exception of that last race at seven furlongs, but I think, you know, was kind of in some big races going against some big name horses. Uh, this should be a little bit lighter on uh, competition level. So those are a few that I had, I kind of looked at and identified in this spot along with, uh, the number 10,000 Springs for Ken McPeak. So, um, interested in where you're spreading in this one. So you mentioned a few of the horses that I'm using. Uh, definitely using Give Me a Reason, uh, like you mentioned that one. It gets the first time Lasix for Asmussen. Uh, gets back to a fast track. Uh, I'm using the 8 Charleston at 15 to 1. Uh, gets the Lasix back on today. And despite a weak, you know, weakened speed figures performance last out, it was a high on Thoroughgrass performance. So it now gets the Lasix back on. And this one seems to need a couple races to get acclimated before putting out a decent performance. So... I, I, I like Charleston to take a step forward here. And then uh, it's actually Yell County, named, named for beautiful Yell okay. County here in the, the natural state, the great state of Arkansas. Um, 
Naturals. Naturals. They just come from Yale County. You ever need someone to just yell really loud? We got you covered. Whole fucking county full of them. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, County Arkansas because it's a short leaf horse. And listen, this is short leaf making short leaf type moves. These are some of my most dirtiest of pig boy angles. Little pig boy comes from the dirt. <laughs> He's a weasley little mud grub who needs to be stood on. Little pig boy. First, the horse has been working lights out after being gilded. Now it gets first time Lasix. And I always record these connections, short leaf stables, as dangerous when they make any sort of medication changes. I love these short leaf horses on first time Lasix, especially if you put them in our Arkansas bred race. But this one's a Kentucky bred. And I think that, oh man, this Vino Rosso baby. We'll see. We'll see what it could do. Uh, and the last one I used was the, the 10,000 springs at 12 to 1. You know, could improve in the third career start, getting back to a fast track. Uh, the first out figure, two back, was the, you know, the career best for what the what is a short career as at this point, only gonna be the third race. Uh, and if it can rebound for the first out figure, uh, or to that first out figure, then he's very competitive. Uh, I won't discord, discount the horse's ability to go two turns quite yet. And we'll see what this horse can do on a fast track going two turns and uh, should get a fair price on the horse uh, to maybe make a, a bet on it and make it a hunch when bet play. I like it. I also, you know, I think it's also a, a the way I was looking at this sequence. Uh, to me, this is a sequence where you could put together a really skinny ticket as like a alternative to maybe your normal ticket. I mean, this is one where like, and let's say you sit there and you really like that even money favor in the last race. You know, if you're listening and you, and you really like that Brad Cox horse, you could put together like a $6 pick five ticket, like I, I very reasonably. Um, and right. just be like, listen, I'm just going to hit this $6 pick five. I'm going to play it for a much bigger, much bigger base or whatever. Uh, or I'm just going to hit repeat bet, repeat bet, you know, however you, however people like to do that. Um, but even with that said, even fading that horse, I still put together, I think, a $24 ticket for this sequence. So, I mean, it's it's one where I could see myself playing like variations of that $24 ticket as well. Um, but I, I think, it, I don't know, I think you can get by some favorites and you can still have an affordable ticket in this spot. So here here's a fun little exercise. Who are the two horses you think you cannot leave off of off of the ticket in this pick five sequence? Oh, that's a good way of framing it. Um, I don't think you can leave off Timberlake, and I don't think you can leave off West, uh, West Omaha. See, I'm leaving off West Omaha, so that doesn't bear well for me. Um, I, I think it's like it's like uh, Ain't Life Grand. It's like Ain't Life Grand. Yeah, you the, like that horse more than me. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Ain't Life Grand and Timberlake seem to be the the two that I think that you you can't really get out of out of having uh I, yeah. I would even go go as far as to say uh midshipman's dance as well as I, it's funny i was saying that because i was like man if you don't get because <clears throat> that's the other problem is like then if you don't catch a price there then does it start to chalk out does the sequence just get like <laughs> you know then people are building tickets that are paying like you know 82 dollars you know that, that pay off you know like barely as much as the tickets so um because then if timberlake wins 
this even money Cox horse wins the last race. Like, you know, do you really see this like, oh man, suddenly chalk wins the last four races of the sequence, you know? No, I, I see it as I spent $36 uh, to, to have a fun two and a half hours of, of, <laughs> of racing. It's just, you know, I, I'm not going to be rushing. Cause I, I like you, I thought when I was going through the sequence, I, getting through the first race, knowing that I had to put three horses into the first race, going into the second, knowing that I know I definitely wanted to use two, maybe, maybe use a third. Like I was like, man, this ticket is going to get out of control expensive. And it really yeah. didn't. I, I ended up at $36 and here, let me go ahead. I'll wrap up my ticket for you. Uh, first leg, I had the one four nine second leg. We went three ten with the two John Holloman horses. Uh, third leg, Wednesday leg, the hump day leg. Uh, we went with the one four eight single to the seven Timberlake in the rebel and then two eight nine ten to close it out. That was a thirty six dollar ticket at the fifty cent base. Like I said, I'm not gonna be rushing to hedge that if I'm alive to to anything. It's like, well, I'm out thirty six dollars. It's okay. I, I'll manage. That's why I, I hate that question you get from people when you do like live streams and stuff. It's like, hey, how would you hedge this? It's like, well, how much do you have in it? Like, is it really worth hedging at this point? Like, if you're asking me, like, I'll have people ask me, uh, is it worth? It's worth hedging my my future on on this team in college basketball. Do you have twenty dollars on it? If so, no. If you have thousands of dollars, maybe. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I, I think most of I think most of the listeners are in the uh, tens of hundreds of dollars, uh, you know, uh, category in terms of where they put their tickets together. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm much the same. So just to just to give the listeners. Uh, my ticket as well. Uh, so in the first leg, I went one eight. In the second leg, I went six ten. In the third leg, I went one eight eleven. Then I went single to Timberlake the seven, and then I went two three nine ten in the last leg, uh, and that was a twenty four dollar ticket. So, you know, it's uh, I think you could yeah have fun. It, it, you can put together I think a reasonable ticket to catch a few prices and not have to spread that deep in in these races to do it. Okay, gun to your head. Do we have a Derby contender in this race? Uh, define contender, I guess. A horse that you think could hit the Superfecta on Kentucky Derby Day? No. You don't think you don't think that Timberlake could be that horse? I he could be. I, I just I think that it, based upon what we've seen, uh. He's gonna to need to show me something, and, and maybe maybe he does. Um, but I I think that um, you know we also have seen the superfecta can be a little bit of a fickle thing, right? You know, like who you know two years ago, Rich Strike and Simplification were in the superfecta. Like you know, it, it just it, it's it's a little bit weird. Um, and you know, last year was a bit more formful, uh, but it was um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I it's funny this year, and maybe this is a good jumping off point, you know, just to wrap things up and to, and to talk about the Derby picture a little bit. I, there's more uncertainty. It feels like this year that, and I keep feeling like I say this every year, but it, it really does feel like more uncertainty than previous years because fierceness flopped because locked came back and spiked the fever and hasn't run yet because all the Baffert horses are not eligible and are not running. It just feels like, who are these horses? Like, are these horses gonna, like, you know, like how good is catching freedom or a Sierra Leone or like how good are these horses really? I mean, they're running 90 buyers, but like, okay, fine. Like no more time won the Sam F Davis with an 80. 
it's like eh, eh, Hades. Really? Is this a good horse? Mystic Dan? Is this a good horse? Like it just, there's a lot of horses where I'm like, eh, I just don't feel very strongly about them. So, you know, maybe Timberlake wows me a little bit and, and suddenly elevates himself to the top of the class, but uh, it, it's hard for me to get a grapple on this particular uh, crop, but I'm interested in your thoughts. I, I, I want to say that I, I it looks like that you could get all of the three-year-olds and all of the most recent Kentucky Derby pools at pretty good odds. And I feel like I should have just slammed that particular, all, all of the three. Because the last couple of years, what's happened? I don't remember Mage. I don't remember yeah. Rich Strike being on any of the, the futures. And I honestly, I'm not sure if we've seen the Derby winner yet. I'm not sure if we've actually seen the Derby winner. You know, we might have someone who runs a late, you know, uh, made in special weight and then gets in on the bluegrass or something like that, that, that yeah. could surprise everyone. So I I'm with you. I, I, I think that we, we, it's funny. Cause I think this rebel stakes field came up. So, so kind of like easy and slanted to Timberlake because I feel like everyone was dodging uh Muth. You know, mm-hmm. like we talked about yeah. this offline, but you know, I think yeah. that that kind of happened. So there are a lot of people who are like, yeah, fuck it. I want tickets to rebel day. Uh, and you know, kind of, kind of put their horse in versus, you know, right. People who are, who are pointing at the spot, uh, Matthew, what all you got going on in Ira bets this week? I know it's a, it's a big weekend. You mentioned the cross country pick five. Yeah. Cross country pick five. So make sure to play that. We got a great, uh, if, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, afternoon, we got a great late pick five hit and split, uh, promo on Naira bets, where if you opt in, you get an extra $5,000 added to the late pick five pool that you get to split with the other winners. Um, but listen, there's a ton of content up on Naira bets that we do as well. Uh, analysis of the stakes races at Oaklawn, uh, the rebel also analysis of the Saudi cup, uh, horse by horse analysis of that race in case you're maybe not familiar with all the names uh running my personal favorite chase i gotta say power and numbers who broke his maiden in a maiden claimer at aqueduct and is now running in the saudi cup and if that that, that's not a feel-good story i don't know what is uh so I'm, i'm rooting for that horse to get a slice and uh but yeah a lot of great stuff there all the stuff i do with track stats every week long shot of the day so lots of great content for you to check out on nirebets yeah, check out because not only is he guys, he's not just reading spreadsheets to you. He actually puts some thought into this. He he edits it. He gives shots. He lets his humor show. Uh, which I, I was a big fan. Like whenever you did your your one on uh, Valentine's Day, and you oh, uh, yeah. had to, you had to rebuff your inner Cupid Valentino. Um, was it was it was good because I feel like you've got a little uh, his freakness inside you. Uh, that that's trying to get out, but you keep him suppressed. I do. I keep him very suppressed. You know more about it more than most, but yes, I do keep it suppressed. Uh, but rest assured that when Speaker Box and Love Below dropped back in like 2004, that was like I played that on repeat constantly. And uh, man, I keep it Valentino, just epic. And what's so funny is every year I'll post that video which is not even a video. It's just like a YouTube of just like the lyrics because there's not even like a music video for it. I'll post it on like Facebook for Valentine's day. And like, nobody fucking likes it like ever. And I'm like, I don't care if nobody else likes this song. I fucking love this song. Right. It's the greatest Valentine's song. (laughs) It's, it's right before Andre 3000, like really took a step off into the, to the deep end. Um, And, and, 
you know, went flautist. I, I'm sure I've told you I saw his art installation at Savannah College of Art and Design. Oh, you uh, didn't tell me that. Whilst okay. on my honeymoon. Gotta tell you, it was weird. It was super, <laughs> super weird. Like, uh, you know, he wears those like jumpsuits with like the Helvetica on there with like different phrases and stuff. And so he had all of his jumpsuits and like it was. It was like everything you see from like uh, a, a scene in a comedy movie where they go to avant-garde, you know, like a gallery sort of thing. It was yeah. this kind of thing, like, you know, a jumpsuit that says farts and crafts, things like that. Um, but that's when I first knew that, that Andre was not doing OK. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't have to have a flute album. I already knew. That's right. going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTB. Folks, it's going to be the only episode this week. I'm very sorry. I wish I could have gotten more content out to you recently, but say daddy's hurting. As you can tell by how many times I was stumbling over my words, daddy's well-medicated. I'll catch you next week, though. We'll be back up with three. You got Alexa Zepp joining me. I believe I've got Barry Spears joining me next week. Uh, also, maybe, uh, maybe a little uh, jockey. Maybe I might have a notable jockey joining us pretty soon. A little tease is what we call that in the industry. So, thanks for listening to Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We will catch you next week. <laughs>